I'm gonna be faithful to Jim Avery. He's by the doors greeting people, but he can hear my voice. I'm looking at him and he's turning around right now. I told him I would share this joke <laughs> he told me last week. It's ridiculous, I love dad jokes. And uh, I also, my boys love Joel Osteen. I love Joel Osteen and he always starts with his sermons with a joke. So uh, here it goes. Okay, Jim, this one's for you. This is not my original. This is Jim Avery. What did the father, Buffalo, tell his boy when he dropped him off at the first day of school? Bye, son. (laughs) See? You get it? You get it? Okay, all right. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. Oh, you got to laugh at I mean, they're ridiculous, right? Okay. What does a thesaurus eat for breakfast? Nope. A synonym roll. A thesaurus, it's a book, you get it, you get it, you see? Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> okay, there are, there are three types of people in the world, those who can count and those who can't. You'll get it. <laughs> you get it? Okay. Two windmills are standing on a wind farm. One asks, what's your favorite type of music? The other says... I'm a big metal fan. He's a fan. You get it? He's a fan. Okay. All right. Last one. Last one. You guys get that one? Okay. What kind of tea? It's just not funny. That's why you're not laughing. Okay. What kind of tea is hard to swallow? You ready? Reality. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. That's, that's all, folks. Bye. Um, I'm Isaac. It's fun to... It's fun to be here. I love you guys. Uh, we're in a series called A Lifestyle of Discipleship, and uh, it's been fun. It's been really convicting, really good, right? Um, so I'm joining in today uh, in this Holy Ghost atmosphere. The presence of God is here, and Bob and I, Bob called me last night. I was praying just Holy Ghost prayers. We were just amped up because we're, our expectation is through the roof this morning, um, through the roof for City Harvest, because God is about to do some amazing things. He's about to unlock and unleash us into the miraculous in new ways. There's been words of God over this house that have been given prophetically that flesh is coming on the bone. There's a new breath in our spirit. Um, And so I believe that this series, what we've been doing, is setting us up to really take a plunge, to dive into the depths of the spirit, to dive into the depths of Jesus. And so I'm gonna try and, and play my role in helping us get there. And today is a lifestyle of discipleship. And if you want a title for this message, it's Dirty, Beautiful Feet. And I'll tell you why, all right? (laughs) Dirty, Beautiful Feet. Um, Romans 10, which is where we'll be, this is all coming from. Romans 10, verse 13 through 15, and the NLT says this. Um, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's actually from Joel. This is Paul quoting Joel, okay? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? 
That is why the scriptures say, this is Isaiah being quoted, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Amen. You are a disciple. You are a messenger. Say, I am a disciple. <laughs> the, the series, A Lifestyle of Discipleship, applies directly to you. It applies directly to me. I want us to know that we can't read the Bible as a historical account only. It is, but it's not that only. It's a current account for your instruction, for your reproof, for your correction, and, and your instruction in righteousness. It's God-breathed to you. So the lifestyle of a disciple is the lifestyle of me. It's the lifestyle we are given to walk in. Dirty, beautiful feet. Here's my premise today. A disciple, which is us, is a messenger with dirty feet that Christ calls beautiful. There's a contrast here. A disciple is a messenger. You are a messenger because you're a disciple. And you have some, you're called into some dirty feet. And Christ is going to call them beautiful. They're dirty <laughs> because they're well-traveled. They've taken a dirt path. They've gone off the paved road. Maybe they're worked. Maybe they're worn. They're hurt, sore, bruised. You know, <laughs> maybe they got some scabs and a little bit bloody. Because they've been the vehicle, they've been the mode, they've been the way that the message has been carried. They've, they've bore the load of the message to go where they've been sent and to go where they're needed. You know, sometimes where you're needed, sometimes where you're sent is actually is muddy. It's, it's dangerous. Maybe it's a little risky. Maybe it's across your discomfort in a way that you don't really like, or uh, it's into new territory that you've never seen before. You see, a disciple is a messenger with 30 feet, but Christ calls them beautiful. Why? Well, there's beauty in the dirt on your feet. And I, and I hope you catch what I'm saying. It's not just feet. I understand there's different vehicles. I understand, uh, you know, maybe some of you don't even walk very well or, or, or you don't have feet that used to run like they used to, you know? What I'm trying to say is that whatever carries you, that's what I'm talking about. Christ calls them beautiful when they're willing to go because, not because they look great, but because this is the wonder of it. We have been given the beautiful message of Christ in us, the hope and glory. We've been given the greatest message to humankind. The greatest revelation of God to us, which is righteousness with God. How unreal is that? We bear the message, our feet carry the message of righteousness with God, which means right now, there is access to God Almighty. There is access by the blood of Jesus Christ in the forgiveness of your sins. It's a consciousness actually reborn. I've seen people born again, and what do they say? I never used to think this way. I never used to think this was wrong. But now, all of a sudden, it, it, I can't do what I used to do. It's a consciousness. It's a rebirth. Your purity restored. It's a white robe for your filthy rags. It's true, right standing with God himself. And to me, that just blows my mind that God himself 
would want you and I to carry his message, to go get our feet, actually get them dirty, actually take them through some mud. But then what he, what's he going to do? He's going to call them beautiful because, not, they're, not because they're pretty, but because they carry the message of beauty. And our culture sees beauty as image, right? It just doesn't make a lot of sense in our culture. Our culture sees beauty as image. Like, you know, if your face is all symmetrical and like, <laughs> or, or maybe your body's the right type and shape, or, or maybe it's the colors match and there's good texture and all this. But heaven's culture sees beauty as glory. We just sang today, you are beautiful beyond description. Let me, let me tell you why. Well, it's because Jesus is the most glorified. In Isaiah 53, it talks about Jesus. It's, it's a prophecy speaking of Jesus. I'm not gonna quote the whole chapter, though you should read it. In the first part of the chapter, it says, speaking of Jesus, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. That is not the picture of beauty <laughs> that you would see on a billboard. That person is not, you know, the shirtless guy in the cologne commercial selling the cologne. You know what I mean? He's not going to inspire you to pay 80 bucks for whatever. <laughs> There's beauty because look at the end of the chapter. My righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. Whoa. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier. What does that mean? Glory. He is the most beautiful. We call him beautiful because when we look at him, we don't look at an appearance like our culture would, would want us to look and see beauty. We look at him and we actually see glory. We actually see the most glorious one. And my point is this, is that whatever carries you, your feet, your vehicle, your mode, <laughs> stand to speak on it. Stand to speak on it. I, I almost feel like today, you know, it's, it's raining. Um, has anybody whipped out like the candles, the fall scented candles? Yep, okay. Um, no shame, I'm a candle person. I like them. Has anybody felt like you just don't want to do anything, like this lethargy has come upon you because now the, the leaves are falling and it's, it's like red and beautiful outside? I don't know if that's you, but that's definitely me. And I feel like today, yesterday, I've been trying to run. I've been trying to like be in shape and stuff. And yesterday, I was like, man, I don't want to do this. It's so raining. And God's like, get on that treadmill and do something. And I almost feel like today, I'm asking you, hey, there, there's something here, there's more. Get on the treadmill, let's go. So today, I'm gonna push you. Today, we're gonna go together. We're gonna start working. We're gonna be people of the Spirit, and we're gonna dive into this. So whatever carries you, I'm encouraging us today, stand to speak on it. Stand to speak from it. Wherever you go, we were singing it. Tell somebody your story. Wherever you go, tell someone the story. However you go. However you go, witness. What do I mean? I mean, work in excellence. If you work in a cubicle, be excellent. Be smart. Do it with God. Build a spreadsheet with Jesus. I'm telling you, honor your boss. I'm saying, do it in excellence. Do it with purpose. Do it with him. Do it with joy and peace. And whoever is there, love them. 
Whoever is there, love the one in front of you. That's, that's my message today, is to move us. It's, to, it's for us to take that Romans 10 scripture and to say, yes, that is me. There are people that need to hear. And I am a disciple, a messenger, who's been given the task of wearing dirty feet, but Jesus sees them as beautiful, and it's an honor. And I'm telling you, it's inescapably wrapped up in, in the identity, like this place, City Harvest Church, people finding their identity and purpose in Christ. You, let me tell you, you cannot, you cannot accomplish this. You cannot say, yeah, that's, I, that's what I want. And then not be a messenger of the good news of Christ. It's all wrapped up in one. The journey of your, your identity, the journey of you discovering your purpose, the journey of you living with God is inextricably, inextricably linked to you bearing the message and going with the gospel of Jesus. If you try and say, no, it's not, if you try and say, no, I can just do my little personal journey without others involved, you are wrong. That is not how the Christian life works. So whatever carries you, stand to speak from it. Wherever you go, begin to tell. However you go, witness the character of Christ. And whoever is there, love the one in front of you. It's different for each of us, but good news. Hey, everybody, the Holy Spirit is tailor-made, okay? It's tailor-made. You don't have to do it like me, so don't write off, hey, there's Isaac, the crazy one who's willing to say things out loud and embarrass himself and, you know, get into a little trouble. But, no, Holy Spirit has tailor-made you and your circumstance and your, your situation to operate through you because there is glory to God in your obedience, beauty in your dirty feet, and will you be perfect? Absolutely not. Will you say the right things all the time? Absolutely not. But I want to encourage you <laughs> with three things, okay? And, and this is the first one. Jesus, I love this, it's amazing. Jesus is so good. Jesus is present in your imperfection to do his perfect will. Jesus is present in your imperfection to do his perfect will. Jesus is present in your imperfection to do his perfect will. I think, I think sometimes we miss Jesus. I, I mean, I'm calling myself out here. Sometimes we miss Jesus because We've, we're, we're too caught up in like what he has done. We're reveling in the glory days, which is good. It's good to remember. The Bible tells us to do it. Sometimes we miss Jesus because we're looking, we're looking back too much. And sometimes we even miss Jesus because we're looking ahead too much. We're saying, oh, Jesus is going to do these mighty things through me. Just when this happens, you know, uh, just when I break through into this, into this mode, when I grow and, and the release comes and I'm, I'm going in my destiny, then, then. Jesus will be glorified through my life. I think we miss Jesus because Jesus is alive and living and present in the middle of your current moment with your imperfection right now to do his perfect will. <laughs> yes, he's the God who was. We know this. He is the God who is to come. But guys, we got to believe. We know that he is the God who is. He is the God who is. And it almost overwhelms me when we meet together like this and I actually turn my eyes to the reality of what's happening right now because Jesus is present with you and I in this place right now 
able to make us imperfect people. He's able to, to meet with us and overcome our insecurities, our doubts, our fears, and transform us into a place that reflects his perfection. How? Jesus. It's not me. It's not you. It's obedience and it's Jesus. How wild is this? A people who share the present presence walk with God and they're seeking righteousness and they're speaking righteousness. You can't just seek righteousness and never speak righteousness. You, we gotta use our mouth. We gotta use our platform. But, but it's okay. Matthew 28, 20 says, be sure of this. I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, there's... There's no glory for God, right, when we craft our own beautiful little circumstance and our own, like, you know, steady income and all these things just, like, work together in this beautiful little way that we've, that we've made, right? But there's serious glory for God when even when we're faced with life circumstances, in every circumstance we're thankful in imperfection and fault, we're still faithful. Choosing love with some grit, come on, with some relentless, with some tenacious faith, that glorifies God. That is the walk of a Christian. And I know I could, it almost makes me just tear up. I, I know stories, I'm looking around, I can... I could just start telling stories of people walking this out, and I say, yes, that's what the church is all about. Let's keep going. But there is more. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Oh, my goodness, Jesus is wonderful. Number two, the destination is clear, the mechanics simple, but the oil is costly. I want to paint a little picture in this. And, I, and if you have Romans 10, be there. Uh, be in Romans 10, 13 through 15. The picture I want you to capture with this number two is maybe like you behind the wheel of a machine or, or in your circumstance, in your life patterns and habits, your work schedules. Here you are, and here's the potential of what your life can produce, right? So here you are, and you have the, the steering wheel, okay? So we're all, we're all holding a steering wheel, right? <laughs> okay, I'm thinking about this mechanical, the destination, we have a, Jesus has given us a destination. There is a goal. The machine, it's very clear how this all works. It's very clear how God has designed uh, us to reach our destination. Maybe it's not the destination we would go to. Maybe it's not, you know, the prettiest spot. Maybe it's somewhere we're not like ideally trying to get to, but the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 that's the destination. It's really simple how this works, but... For it all to work, the oil to make the machine run, the oil to actually go from point A to point, to get to where I'm calling you, that's costly. That's costly. Romans 10, let's look at this, 13 through 15. We see that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation comes by believing. Believing comes by hearing. I love Jeff Solshot. I don't know if he's here, but faith comes by hearing. Man, he's putting to practice this principle. I love it. You should ask him about what he's doing for all that, translating the Bible into people's different languages. Hearing comes by someone telling, 
and telling comes from a messenger. Say, that's me. And messengers are sent. Now, as a brother, you know, Jesus has the authority to send you, and he's already done it. But as a brother, I'm going to say, let's go. Let's rally. Let's move. Let's do something. You are sent. You are sent as a messenger to tell someone, and this is the thing, who may or may not hear. We need to be okay with that. but, But they just might receive the gift of salvation unto everlasting life. And they just might know the gladness of what it is to walk with Jesus. Isn't that worth it? They may or may not hear you. Trust me. But it's okay. Peace be with us. Because Jesus says, as the Father sent Jesus, so he sends us, John 20, 21. So right now, presently imperfect to do his perfect will. There are, there, the, the rough reality here is that there are, no, there are no exceptions in the Bible. There's no unless. There's no... Um, there's no excuse, <laughs> valid excuses. I wish maybe there was, you know? Be like, no, it's raining, it's fall. I just want to like, you know, I don't want to get on that treadmill. I don't want to, I don't want to actually take up this call because, because of this. God. No, 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 no. The Bible doesn't allow for that. And we're bound to scripture, are we not? We're actually bound to the book that was given to us. Are we not? And if you've never, if you've never gone, if you've never taken up this mantle, I'm encouraging you today, let's do it. We'll do it together. If, if you've done it and maybe, you know, your tires are a little, they've been parked in the garage for a while. Maybe they're a little dusty. I'm saying dust them off. Let's start moving again. Or maybe you're active right now and, and you are moving and you are doing this stuff and you are a messenger for God. I'm telling you, you have a responsibility to take some brothers alongside you, some sisters alongside you and do it together and encourage each other because there's so much life. And I believe actually the promises, the inheritance of this house, your promises, your inheritance, like I said, is all wrapped up in the ministry of the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, righteousness with God for the sake of the world. It's time we take our feet into the dirt. It's time that we take, I'm even talking about conversations higher, normal conversations, lift them higher, make them about Jesus, Ask some questions that make people think. I'm just talking about normal conversations. After this service ends, you're going to stand in the lobby, take the conversation a bit higher. Let's raise the level of the spirit. Let's raise, let's open our eyes, open our ears, open our mouths in a way that acknowledges something greater, a purpose that's higher than us. It's time to do this. It's time to show Christ more clearly in our character. You can't do that without meeting with Jesus on a daily basis. You cannot do that without devotion and discipline to be with him. He transforms your character. And here's here's the sticky thing about your character, everybody. We know this. You carry it wherever you go. (laughs) You are your character here or there or wherever else. It is you. And only Jesus can change that. You You can't read enough books You can't take enough classes. You can't sit in enough sermons for your character to change. Jesus changes your character. And you actually witness more than you know from your character. So can you be a messenger sitting in a cubicle eight hours a day, 10 hours a day? Hello, I worked in an office for eight years. I get this. Can you be a messenger right there? Yes, because why? Your character says Jesus Your character says there is a life with God 
that you can have. It's free. There is a character that says, I have peace through all things. I can take hard assignments. I can honor my boss when he defames me in front of my peers. I can do these things because my character has been transformed. It is no longer I who live, but actually Christ lives in me. And this life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? You are able. Number three, you are able. You are able. Yes. I love Joshua chapter one, verse nine. It says, have, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for God is with you wherever you go. I think there are three points that uh, Joshua is trying to get across here. They're pretty simple. Uh, I think the first one is have courage. Be strong. Do not fear and be careful to obey the Holy Spirit. Notice it doesn't say be careful to not offend the one you're talking to. Notice it doesn't say be careful to not put yourself in awkward situations. Notice it does not say be careful to stay within this little box, your little picture of what you think I'm like. It says be careful to obey. Now, I don't know if you see what I'm seeing here, but if I'm being asked to be careful to obey, but just before this I've been told, have courage, be strong, do not fear. I'm assuming now that I'm gonna need courage, I'm gonna need strength, and I'm gonna need some boldness to actually obey. You see what I'm saying? Obedience is not an easy little path, it's a dirt road. It's a place where your feet get a little bit dirty. <laughs> it is the pattern of the people of God throughout history. Take some comfort in this. It's the pattern of the people of God throughout history. Deliverance into the garden of Eden. No, 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 no. It's deliverance into what? The desert. It's deliverance into trial. It's deliverance into testing. It's deliverance into hardship and tough situations. It's not all just deliverance into spiritual like formation and individuality and like, you know, nirvana. That's not what this is about. It's, it's into trials, it's into these things, but guess what? We always have commandments, we always have instruction, we always carry the promise. We always carry the promise and best of all, we get to do every bit of it with God. Not one step did the Israelites ever walk alone. Not one step did the disciples, when they were going here and there and running away from people even, not one step was that ever walked alone. And I wanna tell you, as a disciple, which is a messenger with dirty feet, who carries the beautiful gospel, you, are never walking alone. You are, you are not asked to go. You're not asked to go and tell. You're not asked to bring this message on your own strength. You're asked to do it with trial, with hardship, through discomfort, but always with the promise of the Holy Spirit, always with him, not one step ever alone, through mistakes, through your imperfection, through your bad decisions, through, through your sin. He forgives you. 
And there's no condemnation because he says, get up, get right, and keep moving. I'm with you. This is amazing. This is unlike any other God. This is Jesus. So how? How, how, how? Okay. I like this point. This is a good point. So how? The spirit must command the body. The spirit must command the body. You know, Bob, like I said, Bob called me last night. I'm just feeling we need to be spiritual people. You know, maybe this is just me talking. I hope it's not. I believe it's the word of the Lord that we need to take our willingness to be spirit-led people to another level. I feel like our culture has maybe desensitized us or, or, you know, this place that we live that all you see is all there is and that, you know, science is God and everything else is God except for actually God. But we need to understand that we are actually spiritual people. We are pilgrims. We are travelers. We are sons of the living God. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. I think it's dangerous. Maybe... I've seen a lot of things where people try and separate like your emotional state and your physical state and your you know, intellectual state and your all that. Like, no, it's all connected. You're one person. Your spirit is connected to every part of your life. We need to acknowledge that we are spiritual people and that the spirit needs to lead us in every part of our lives. Romans 8, verse 12 and verse 14. Verse 12 says, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We are spiritual people. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so my encouragement to us as spiritual people right now is wake up. Wake up. You know, your senses, your spiritual senses, it's like when, when you're sleeping, you're dormant, right? You're not hearing as well. You're not seeing quite clearly. You know, maybe you're a hard sleeper and you can take a shot with a pillow to you, you know, or people can put whipped cream on your face and all this stuff and you're not waking up. Maybe that's you. But the point is, your senses are dull when you're asleep. And so maybe, just maybe, we need to wake up our spirit to actually see with some spiritual eyes, to actually hear with some spiritual ears, we're going to have to because this isn't possible. Our life is not possible in Christ outside of the Spirit. Spirit, God, we got we to gotta wake up. <laughs> we got to do, do this. The Spirit must gain the dominant voice. The Spirit must gain the dominant voice in our life. How? Prayer and fasting. This house is called a house of prayer. And we do. We value fasting here. The Spirit must gain the dominant voice in our life. And if you cannot hear the Spirit, I'm telling you, start praying, start fasting. We gotta let it speak louder. We gotta give it permission to lead and guide us. And then lastly, as spiritual people, we need to move. Did you notice it said, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Led they are led, they are moved. We need to allow spiritual reality, the gospel, salvation, hope for the nations, hope for Hazeldell, deliverance for your brothers and sisters, healing for your brothers and sisters, spiritual realities in Christ, not to just make us feel nice, but to actually translate into our body because in all things, be led by the Spirit, actually move us. 
You follow what I'm saying? We gotta let the spirit actually move us. The spirit must command the body. And you know, Jesus is great because Jesus actually models this perfectly. (laughs) Believe it or not, okay? Jesus modeled this message perfectly for us. So if you have any question or you're like, Isaac, you're wrong, it's okay. Just go look at Jesus. He modeled this perfectly. Read the Gospels. Watch how he was led by the Spirit and and what he did because the Spirit told him to do it. So today, um, ushers, yeah, if you guys are ready, start passing out communion. The way we're actually going to end today is with communion. Um, And so if you feel so led... I think this is a beautiful picture. Communion married with this message of of a disciple who's sent, right? I I think communion is actually a perfect uh, pair with this message because there's this scene. There's a scene in the book of John. I love the book of John. It's my favorite gospel, the book of John, where Jesus is breaking bread He's having dinners with his disciples. He's passing the juice, passing the wine, and they're partaking, and he's telling them, and he's introducing them, um, or he's, he's eating with them and sharing with them the things that are about to happen, right? This is a communion moment. But in the Gospel of John, something wonderful happens after that. And it's this, it's, it's this picture. It's when Jesus actually, after communion, Man, Jesus himself, God Almighty, gets on his knees, puts his feet in the dirt, his knees in the dirt, and to his disciples, what's he do? He washes their feet. He washes their feet. And I I know there's lots of symbolism, there's lots of messages, wrapped up in that gesture that Jesus made. He's talking about, yes, you need me to wash you because without my washing, you're not clean. I am the forgiveness of your sins. That, that's being told in that moment. It's also being taught in the moment, you know, that, that the least of these will be greatest in the kingdom of God, that you must become slave of all as a servant of God, that we are called to, to serve and give our life as a ransom. All of these things are being taught by Jesus in this gesture. But I was looking at this verse, how our feet as disciples, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who proclaim the good news. Some say the gospel of peace. Could it be that Jesus is saying, join with me in communion. Take my body, you need my blood. I am everything, I am God Almighty. And here, now, with the understanding that I have just given you, it's right there, it's right there. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing it. With the understanding of all of these truths, of who I am, of what I have shown you, now here, I'm going to, I'm gonna put my knees down, I'm gonna wash your feet because maybe just Jesus sees something in our feet that we're not seeing in our own own selves. Maybe he's looking at 
the disciples' feet, knowing that these will be the vehicles, these will be the way that the most beautiful, the most precious thing that Jesus could give somebody, which is the message of salvation for all the world, his own glory. You know, the gospel is the glory of Jesus. He's giving you participation in the glory of God. And he's seeing the disciples' feet and he's knowing these feet, these feet, I'm washing them and I'm seeing them. And maybe he's just seeing them as feet that are actually gonna carry. He's seeing them as beautiful. He's blessing them. He's seeing them as beautiful feet who will actually carry the gospel, his most precious gift to the entire world. And it's a commissioning. It's not, it is communion. It is co-union with God, but it's also a co-mission from Jesus in the washing of his disciples' feet. So in that environment today, we're gonna end here. Um, as Jesus washed his disciples' feet, in this act of communion, I'm not gonna pray over the bread and, and, and over the blood. I would, I would ask that you take your moment with God make your altar with Jesus here as the song plays. But I, I want to say, you are called to the offices, to the warehouses, to schools. You are called to appointments, to restaurants, to coffee shops, stores, out on deliveries, in the work truck, to meetings, on sales calls, you are called to family reunions. Yes, you are called to the streets and the dirt paths. You are called to the nations and you are called to all the world. Jesus is with you. And I'll end with this quote from Billy Graham. The greatest form of praise is the sound of consecrated feet seeking out the lost and the helpless. Lord, let that be us right now. We take our moment, God. So take your moment of communion. Build an altar for the Lord. Receive the commission today. Father, we thank you. We love you. There's no one like you. You have asked us, God. You have called us. And whatever the cost, God, we know it's costly, but we're willing to pay it because there's beauty, there's glory in the mission you have given us. God, today, we say yes, God. We say, here I am, send me. We say, Lord. You are worth it. Lord, you are wonderful. How will they believe if no one goes and says anything? We are, we are disciples, messengers of God who are sent wherever you call us into the dirt because you call our feet beautiful, God. Move us, waken our spirit, make us alive. Draw us close and send us in Jesus' name.